Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for AMC's The Walking Dead. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And this week we're going to be covering Season 1, Episode 4, entitled Vatos. Hey now. Uh, before we do that, I just want to pit my brother's band a little bit, because he wrote our awesome theme song. Uh, it's mystereonamusic.com. Uh, go there, you can find the whole four-minute song, if you're interested in that, if you like our theme song. And uh, yeah. the show notes every week. Yes, and that is in the show notes. Uh, so let's get right into the recap. Okay. Week. Are we sure? I, I could like to put off this first scene. Really? As long as possible. You don't You don't want to go right into it? Yeah, I, you know, it's like I, we could go into an exciting recap, or we could just let the listener hang with that because it's basically wasted space. Sure, no sure. Bring bring the music back up. Relevant. Yeah. yeah, that's what I want to do. It's going to like, you know, <laughs> tease it some more. All right, recap time. Uh, so Andrea and Amy basically discovered their dad while fishing here. That's basically what the writers did to us. We we don't give a shit uh-huh. about Andrea and Amy. We want to find out what happened to Merle, but no, we get treated to a fishing scene. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I understand what they're trying to that do doesn't here, even right? Make they're trying sense. They're trying to connect those two characters so that we feel something at the end when she dies. But I don't. It was dumb. Yeah, it, it wasn't a very good scene because it to me it was just their dad fucking with him. Right. Like what possible reason could one of them have to have to catch the fish and one of them have to mm-hmm. let is he trying to make one of his daughters a whore? I mean, <laughs> that's what I got from that metaphor. Or one of them a badass and one of them a super wimp? Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They're, we're so different. We're both blonde-eyed, fair-skinned, you know, blue-eyed, blonde-haired, fair-skinned. Yeah, yeah. They couldn't have picked any two actresses who look more alike for this, and yet I don't get totally it. How does that, like, one's a fly fisher and one's a mm-hmm. sinkler? And they tie different knots. Like, how does that have to... What dad does that? I'm going with the he was just fucking with them option. Yeah, psychopath. Yeah. That's, that's what I think. Yeah, your dad was mentally and emotionally abusive girls. And, and, and one of them, he taught to look pretty when they smiled. Yeah. And the other, he trained to uh, be, uh, be savage. To be Andrea, yeah. Yeah, I thought it'd be funny, though, like, if Andrea's like... Now you know what dad said about crying. No crying in a fishing boat. And mm. Amy's like, dad taught me just to sob uncontrollably. <laughs> the whole fishing trip. Uh-huh. Uh, I'd hate to go fishing with her. Mm. Uh, okay, anyway, so after that horrible scene, uh, there's a quick shot of Jim digging up graves, basically, on the hill is what I... Did anybody not get that he was digging graves? Oh, yeah. He's like, digging, digging holes. Yeah, yeah, but he's obviously digging them for bodies, right? Did he anybody... wasn't digging them for worms. I mean, if that's what you're asking me. Yeah, I mean, they were great. Well, they revealed it at the end like it was this big thing. Oh, now I remember why I was digging. We knew all along, man. Right, but we didn't know. Like, he basically had a, I guess, a clairvoyant dream. Yeah, yeah. He had some sort of premonition. But he didn't remember that until the attack had happened, I guess. He remembered there was yeah. some kind of dream causing him to. But, I mean, this whole, that's kind of crazy. It was very... Uh, you know, thematic and kind of neat, but it didn't really make much sense. And I think, yeah, wasn't that scene pretty much shot for shot in the comic book? Uh, I think it was, yeah. Um, and I think that this was this fit much more better, much more, better, much more, be- wow, much better. It fit a lot better in the comic than it did on the screen. It did just, your dad it, teach you your brother to speak properly? Yeah, <laughs> and me to talk in a pigeon hill jack accent. Um. <laughs> But no, I, I thought that this would have worked in a comic, but on the you know small screen, it just seemed overly dramatic and not believable in the universe yeah. that Walking Dead inhabits. Sure, I can go with that. Um, so then we come back from the the introduction of the show, and we get the rooftop scene with Daryl. 
the one we've been waiting for since last week. Uh, he basically sees the hand and he's pissed off and he threatens to kill T-Dog. And Rick says, no, I'm not having any of that with a pretty damn big weapon pointed to his head. Yeah, you think that he would actually kill Daryl there? He said he would. I mean, he said, I'm on his side. I, right. I'll, I'll do this. I don't care what walkers hear me. Right. So I believed him. Yeah. I think he would. Um, I don't have much more to say about that scene. I mean, it was it was a cool scene. I, every scene that Daryl's in, I love. Plus, he's like, you can tell his brother's just in awe of, you know, Merle. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's talking about what a tough son of a bitch mm-hmm. is. and Crapping out him, nails. Yeah. Yep. Beat him in hammer, crap out nails. So it's like, mm-hmm. I, I thought that was kind of uh, interesting. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. Um, so then Dale actually goes up to the hill and confronts Jim, or tries to anyway, but Jim just totally ignores him, keeps digging. Mm-hmm. And Dale, being a huge puss, doesn't do anything. <laughs> I mean, Shane comes up later and actually says, hey, what are you doing? Right. And, and tries to get a response or something from him. But Dale doesn't do that. Um, the ladies did deliver a piss pot full of fish. Yeah, they had a ton of fish. I almost think um, that that's why they tacked that scene on, because that explained why the theme of this episode was the survivors are getting their shit together. It's like, mm-hmm. we're not going to have to survive off meager rations. We got, we've caught some fish, and we've engineered this new fire pit so we can burn a proper fire, mm-hmm. and everybody's coming together with all this stuff. And, and you mentioned that they still have beer at the camp. Yeah, it's like, you know, they, so. they, they've did a successful job of scavenging, so it's like this... This episode is definitely heading towards an up, up-tempo up note. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before uh, Amy and Andrew come back with fishes, though, they're actually still tracking Merle. It cuts back to them, and they see that he's cauterized his wound on the stove. Yeah. And uh, uh, the one thing I didn't mention when they were up on the rooftop was where Daryl sticks the hand in Glenn's bag. Yeah. Which is freaking hilarious the look on glenn's face he's like i cannot believe he's doing this but i can't do anything about it right daryl would id me if i even opened my mouth at this point yeah he's up there with three dudes who are in their own rights badasses Mm -hmm. like t-dog at this point is a big badass i'd say uh he stood up to merle like he's doing his thing you know yeah he beat some zombies to death with baseball bats earlier in episode exactly and glenn while he's you know good at tactics he's Not the fighter that these guys are. Right. Um, anyway, so yeah, then Andrea and Amy come back with the fishes, uh, and Dale says that they have a problem. Right. And uh, that's when... Um, well, actually, no. It still doesn't happen. They have a whole bunch of these scenes chopped up here. Yeah, it's tough to recap that way. It is, yeah. Um, but basically, the group in the city um, finds all that stuff, and... Uh, what do they? Do? Well, see, what Daryl wants to just take to the streets and start finding Merle and Rick's yes. like that's crazy. You'll never mm-hmm. make it. But if you calm down, we'll all help you. And yeah. D Dog says, "Well, I'm in, but I want to make sure we have more than just my good intentions." He wouldn't want to go out yeah. there just a dick in his hand. Yeah. So he wants the guns. Got the guns first, then they can look for Merle. Yeah. Um. So then Jim is uh, still digging up on the hill, and Shane leads the group up there to actually confront him. Uh, and Jim attacks Shane with a shovel. Yeah. What do you think of that? Smart move? Bad move? Uh, it's a move. It um, is a move. I think that the problem here is that, you know, Shane has kind of freaked Jim out. Not mm-hmm. that Jim... Well, Jim dis- has freaked everyone else out. Right. Thing. But, but not to disagree with, uh, you know, Shane's no tolerance of woman, women being abused policy and the mm-hmm. beating the shit out of a uh, uh, woman abusers policy. But... Ed, yeah. I think that Jim sees that and's like, you know, suddenly he's kind of scared this group dynamic and 
his brain goes a little crazy. Maybe he got he maybe he did get a little heat stroke and started you know as a, a digging that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I was wondering really what what is Jim's problem up there? And he tells it a little bit later on. He's he's basically. He had that dream, but he's also feeling very guilty about watching his family die and running away. Right. Um, which she explains uh, right there when Shane attacks him, you know. It's, it's interesting what he said. I'm, gonna, I'm going to – because I feel like there's a lot of foreshadowing in this episode and things that people say. And I'm going to mm-hmm. just bold those and we'll talk about it in the spoiler section. Because, again, okay. we don't do spoilers on cast. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the cast, we play a musical interlude and then we talk spoilers exclusively. Yeah. So don't worry about being uh, spoiled. We'll make sure we warn you. I have plenty of time to switch off the iPad or the Zune or the Windows Media Player um, or your whatever play 82p enabled radio in your car. Whatever. Yeah. Maybe they uh, they convert these to records and then play them on there. Oh. Yeah. Burn into wax cylinder. Yeah, we're gonna start selling rec- records, actual vinyl LPs recordings of the podcast. They, we sound yeah. warmer. <laughs> we do. All right, moving on. Um, so then Glenn is. Basically planning the search for Merle. He's doing all the tactics. He's saying, hey, uh, I'm going to go around this way. If I get cut off, I'm going to head this way. He's got some balls for a Chinaman. <laughs> According to Daryl, yes, he does. Uh, but he's Korean. Yeah, we find that out. Um, but Daryl's pretty impressed by Glenn here. He's uh-huh. like, man, wh- what did you do before this all went down? He's like, ah, I'm a pizza delivery guy. Right. So he knows the streets. And I don't know pizza delivery guys run away from zombies very often. Well, he's a gamer. I mean... Yeah, you definitely no. Well, shoot, I guess that's a mild spoiler. Ah, that's not a spoiler. He, look at Glenn. Come on, he's a nerd. <laughs> he's a geek. Yeah, yeah. He's a pizza delivery boy. You're telling me he doesn't play Counter Strike at night? Come on. Yeah. For Modern Warfare, I guess what the kids play nowadays. Uh, I wonder how much of Glenn was influenced by like, uh, kind of the zombie geeks who like plan all this stuff out, and you know, oh maybe. I, w- I wonder if he's supposed to be kind of those people in this scenario see i thought like as a gamer he just had the like real-time strategy or turn-based strategy yeah you know chops like here's the assets and here's the terrain and i'm gonna take max you know <laughs> yeah, my yeah. Different fire firing ranges so definitely um so then uh daryl they they all go out and they try to implement this plan daryl gets attacked yeah. Uh, gets viciously beaten <laughs> with baseball bats yeah aluminum baseball bats and then takes Puts an arrow in a guy's ass. Yeah, which after, seconds after being beat to the ground with an aluminum <laughs> baseball bat. Yeah, he's back up immediately. That's resilient, man. Slinging crossbow bolts. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Uh, and Glenn gets taken basically by these guys. Right. And then the zombies swarm in, and they don't have time to go after him. Uh, how how did they figure out where they went? Did you? Oh, oh, they, they, they interrogated the, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the kid. Okay. Um, so anyway, Jim is uh, tied to a tree, and Shane tries to figure out what the hell's going on with him. He asks him, uh, what was that all about? And uh, Jim tries to give this weird pep talk to the kids and Lori. Yeah, he's like, still about in Rick. mode, right? Like, oh, don't worry, your dad's coming back, sure as shit. He's tough that, as nails. What was, that, that didn't make any sense to me. Why would he be doing that? I, I, I know he scared the kids a little bit, but... I think he's trying to convince people that he's like not crazy anymore yeah and doing a very bad job yeah, of it. by being even creepier yeah right <laughs> good job man uh-huh. um so then the interrogation happens uh daryl and rick and this well the, is, the other thing is something that uh 
Jim says to Lori that I think is something that affects her character in a major way is, you know, you keep your boy close. Never let him out of your sight. Yeah. So anyway, I just want to call attention to that. Okay. Um, so then the interrogation happens, and this is one of my favorite scenes in the whole right. uh, episode okay. where Daryl basically wants to kill this kid. He's like a bad cop, except for he's not playing. <laughs> no, he's not. He's, he's really just not. legitimately a bad cop. And, and that's how I feel about the actor Norman Reedus. Like, yeah. he is not there to play. He's no. not pretending anything. If he could have got that kick to the head in, right. he would have taken it mm-hmm. on set. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, totally. But yeah, he's swinging for the fences, and he finally dumps the hand in his lap, says, you see what happened to the last guy uh-huh. I interrogated? Yeah, just dropped the hand into the kid's lap. That was effective. Oh yeah, and and very cool. Like we, we, it totally pays off that he put that hand in Glenn's bag there. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they get the information out of uh, Mini Vato. They head over <laughs> to the Vato's headquarters with him in tow and confront the uh, Guillermo. Is that his name? Guillermo, Guillermo, Guillermo. I don't know. It's Guillermo. G, G. Yeah, as the kid calls. The guy him. who's running his place. So, uh, what do you think about this first confrontation? I thought it was good. I like the whole yeah. concept of like you know, here's this gang trying to consolidate power mm-hmm. in Atlanta, and Rick and his little group have run afoul. And I kind of thought it was interesting that they're like basically in this world's morality that this cop wasn't had no more standing than his gangster. Yeah, there was guns on the street. His people need him. My people. It's like you know, before you have a cop versus gun- gang, it's like clear cut. Mm-hmm. Good guy, bad guy. Good guy, bad guy. But now it's like, what, you know, yeah. I, I, you want to root for the cop, but you have to kind of think about why. Sure, definitely. I mean, they, the the way they saw it, each of them had one of the other guy's people. And, and they're kind of right. The, the gangsters were attacked. I mean, Daryl had a crossbow on that kid. Right. The other guys, he was screaming now, this, for these his These guys his literally just buddies. came by because they saw a bag of guns on the streets. Like, yeah. we're going to go pick him up. And then all of a sudden, this crazy redneck starts, you know, screaming at this guy and hitting him in the face of the buttstock. Yeah, I would feel pretty justified in saying, hey, you attacked us. So then they did a little standoff poker. Mm-hmm. You know, Rick threw in a sniper in the pot, and G raised him a flying Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I thought that was pretty roof. crazy prepared, you know? It's like, hey, uh, take our hostage up to the roof, put a bag over his head, and... We might need to chuck him off. You just never know in this negotiation. Yeah. Because they weren't expecting them. That's the other thing. Yeah. Well, they, they were the second time because... No, this is the first time. No, no, no. The first time they went in, Bullshit. there was a standoff and... And they had Glenn up on the roof, ready to go. Like they had expected this to happen the whole time. Uh, you might be right about that. I know I'm right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's a little weird then. If they had so, that, I just thought they expected it. It's kind of you know a little fast when the writers pulled on us. Sure, not sure. The first, not the first of many that they try to get past us. So then they they leave and they decide what they're going to do. They're having a debate. Uh huh. And Daryl can't believe that they're going to give him the guns. And then Rick says, "Well, gold. I didn't say that." Right. And so uh, they think, go. Yeah. You think the little G, the little. Uh, Vatos Mini. Yeah, was Mini. a little little stressed out and uptight for someone with a marijuana leaf <laughs> tattooed on his neck. <laughs> well, maybe he'd he'd been off of it for a while. I just think, I just think the gut the gang tattoos mm-hmm. in this episode <laughs> were hilarious. I'm going to point out a couple others as we go along too. All right, awesome. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So then they go back and they confront the Vatos again. They come back locked and loaded, like you said. Um, some really good tension being built here. Right. I I really like the tension between 
Rick and the head of the Vatos, Guillermo. Yeah, uh, they're both cool customers. And I really felt that Rick was there to just unload on people if they wouldn't give him Glenn. Uh, yeah, because I agree. he said it. He's going to the map for Glenn because Glenn did the same for him. Yep, he was going to start blasting, and that was a very. I was literally when I was watching, and I remember thinking, "My God." How are they going to get out of this situation? Because, yeah, they're, yeah. they're armed to the teeth, but they're outnumbered at least two to one. Yeah, and then, of course, how they get out of it is total bullshit. His grandma comes out and says, oh, we need the medicine. And it just – it fizzles. I I didn't like that it fizzled. I wanted somebody to back down here. I wanted to see Rick, like, show a pair mm-hmm. and have this guy back down because he didn't want to die. Yeah, what – what were the writers thinking? Because this just didn't work. Do you think that they were afraid of showing these Latinos as a, in a stereotype gangster role? And they pulled hmm. the switcheroo. Is like, oh, they're actually the only ones. You know, all the mm-hmm. rich, wealthy white doctors and staff ran off, and and the uh, Latinos are the only ones that c- that cared for these people. Yeah, that's possible. Um, My other thing is, I wonder if they weren't just trying to say nothing is as it seems in this world you know right like uh, these people who you assume right off the bat are horrible people they're gangsters whatever then they turn out to be defending this old folks home see i would i would i would surmise that gangs would be the ones that do survive i wouldn't put my money Mm -hmm. on the nursing homes (laughs) <laughs> yeah you well know. well they explain the way this gang kind of formed is that um some honest to god felipe gangster, right yeah felipe was back there he's actually a nurse he was back there helping his mother or whatever and people, a janitor uh, yeah and people came to the nursing home looking for their grandparents and their family and, part and of they those, just decided to stay and i guess they were actually gang members uh-huh. they implied the vatos was a real gang and they they're their members would drop by to look after yeah. their parents and then stay because they saw how bad it was. Exactly. But again, that's a way of taking this like stereotype and then saying, aha, uh-huh, see, they're good people. Mm. Yeah. That's definitely what they were doing. But, uh, I don't know. Kind of, again, I thought it was a little, little on the weak side. Yeah. Uh, so Rick gives them weapons and ammo after talking it out, hugging it out. Uh, we see a couple tattoos. You want to talk about one of the tattoos? That- oh, Felipe has a <laughs> pair of lips tattooed. Yes, he a does. A pair of women's red lips tattooed to the side of his head. Yeah, what the fuck, man? I mean, I've seen guys run around that. That's with macho. Their, I've seen guys run around that tattoo on their neck, mm-hmm. which I still think is kind of weird, like a permanent yeah. hickey. But mm-hmm. to have one on the side of your dome? What yeah. the fuck? Uh, maybe he wanted it somewhere that he could cover up if he ever chose yeah. to just grow it there. Kiss me out. where the sun shines on a regular <laughs> daily basis. It doesn't have the same ring to it. Nah, not where at the all. sun does not shine. Um, I also love that. Like, yeah. if 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 you're watching this episode with this listener, look at Andrew Lincoln's face from the moment the grandma comes mm-hmm. out until the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. That's basically the viewer's face. Just like, like what? Mm-hmm. What what is happening? What am I seeing? None of this makes sense. Yeah. Um, I also I also think that yeah. the speech with uh, Guillermo is kind of some foreshadowing because he talks about the people we've come across has been the worst cops you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I know that the creators want to take the show there in that direction to show you know these survivors. So far, it's been mostly zombie based conflict. Yeah, but this is a little taste of when you actually run across the you know, less savory portion of the still living population. Certainly. I mean, that's a big part of 
the zombie genre is right. not just the dead, but the living and, and the breakdown of society that happens mm-hmm. and the chaos. Um, so then they head back to the van and they find it missing and they assume that Merle has taken it. Do you think Merle has taken it? Uh, I thought Merle had taken it when I saw that and I was really worried about them getting back to the camp on time because yeah. Merle was going to, f- I believe Merle was going to fuck shit up. Yeah. They, they made it sound like Merle's going to rain some shit down on the camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it turns out he doesn't have anything to do with that unless maybe he does. Maybe he's the one who led the zombies up there. Yeah, he, he packed a moving truck full of zombies. And just dropped them with off. his bare hands. <laughs> yep. Awesome. I think that's exactly what happened. One-handed. Yep. Uh, so then Andrea's trying to put together a birthday gift for Amy. Do mm-hmm. something nice for her, but right. she can't find any wrapping paper. Right. Dale looks around. Uh, Dale finds some toilet paper <laughs> and uh, wraps it up. No, I I assume. What, what else are you going to use out there? I don't know. Dip yeah. it in earwax. <laughs> You suggested poison ivy, which I yeah poison ivy leaf. I thought about and then dismissed. Yeah, yeah, not a good idea. Well, she's only got a one in three and four chance of being allergic to it. Oh. No, I guess a three out of four chance. Oh, that's she's uh, got a one in four a... chance of it not affecting her hands at all. So I would go with the poison ivy. <laughs> it's a pretty leaf. Sure, better chance than a zombie bite. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, but Jim has settled down. Fun fact. Yeah. Uh, Arushi oil, the active substance in poison ivy, repels zombies. Is that true? Yep. So uh, that's part of the lore in this part of the lore. In this series. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Robert so Kirkman talked it. about that on uh, the I'm Talking, talking Dead. Dead. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Spoiler alert. Uh, so Jim settles down, and then Shane decides he's going to release him. Uh, which I think is an awesome thing because at the end, Jim kills more zombies than practically anybody. Yeah, he he's goes out there on swinging a page. A hammer or a bat or something. Yeah, I think it's a bat. It's a hoe. That's a hoe. He's oh. swinging a hoe. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but he lets him go. Uh, and then we check back in briefly with Ed, mm-hmm. who is looking pretty beat up. He <laughs> looks pretty brutalized. Yeah, he's uh, going to have a long recovery head. I'm actually surprised he's not worse as, as a savage a beating that... Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it looked... It looked pretty good to see, me. I thought the day after, and I, I'm sure that his, like, bones, and he had some facial bones break. Yeah, that's true. I would think it would be black. Yeah. And he had those, like, kind of light green bruises like they'd been healing. I, I figured he, his face would be raccooned for sure. And it seems like he's he's either a really tough dude or none of the bones were broken because he's not visibly in pain. No. He's just kind of like, yeah, whatever. I got beat up. I don't want to go out there. Although creepily, he does want his daughter to stay behind to help keep him company. Yeah, super creepy. That made me throw up my mouth a little bit. Yeah, I don't know the exact relationship there, but that's weird. Right. And to her credit, Carol stood up to him. Yeah, because he really couldn't do anything. He was right. Plus, she'd just get Shane over there. <laughs> yeah, you had to beat him again. Uh-huh. Uh, so then Amy goes off to pee, and the zombies attack. Uh, no, we missed the second most annoying scene in Walking Dead history. Oh, that's right. The campfire scene. The campfire scene. chat with Dale <laughs> talking about that damn watch. The ass he, watch. He carried in his ass <laughs> yep. for five years in Vietnam. Yep. Uh, I don't have much to say about this. It was pretty uh, non... It, it wasn't anything to me. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's like as many... So this is the first time the kind of survivors get a chance to kick back and and not be fleeing for their lives or dealing with danger mm-hmm. um so they had this fun and then of course you know the zombies attack yeah. you think they learned a lesson but this is a this is something you know to a, a kind of theme i see 
that the survivors get comfortable and they just start fucking off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they do this over and over again. It's kind of annoying. I think that's the natural reaction to feeling safe, to feeling comfortable. Do you think this show will ever move away from that? To where, like, they'll have lost their humanity so much that they're like Tom Hanks in year five of Castaway? <laughs> Maybe. That'd where be he's cool. just, like, standing there half naked, not even bother cooking crab anymore. Well, it'll take him a hundred seasons to get there because... <laughs> It's moving at a pretty slow rate. Yeah, I want him to, like, you know, see Daryl just catch a squirrel with his bare hands and not even bother to clean it. Just, rawr, you know. <laughs> just catch it with his mouth. No better than the zombies <laughs> he kills. But, but like, make his mouth into a, a mousetrap. All right. Just put cheese on his tongue. <laughs> Wait for the squirrel to yeah. come up and just bite Snap. it. Uh, can we talk about Lori Holden for a minute? Sure. What I mean, do you look, have to okay, say about like, Lori Look at her. That's a beautiful woman, That's an right? attractive lady. Yes, it is. Uh, you would not kick her out of bed. Certainly not. There's one more recent from the Walking Dead era. She's, a, yeah. again, still, still a perfectly looking, attractive yeah, woman. Yeah, very attractive. What the fuck happens to her oh. when this happens? <laughs> like, like if she's mildly amused or showing no emotion, uh-huh. beautiful woman. Sure. The second she starts showing any kind of emotion... <laughs> I'm showing Jim a picture, uh, a still frame of her crying over Amy here. Mm, yeah. That is not recognizably human. <laughs> no, that's some sort of alien life form. That it looks like Lewis Gossip Jr. from uh, Enemy Mine here. I haven't seen that, but it sounds messed up. Th- this is this is bad. I don't see how I don't see how it's the same woman. It's like she transforms. I don't know, man. And it's definitely a running thread in the series. She does it a lot. Yeah, she it's it's anger or sadness on this woman. Yeah, does something vicious and ugly and unnatural to her face. <laughs> she cries uglier oh, than man. John Hamm. People, <laughs> I've never seen John Hamm cry. Go- Google John Hamm cry. You'll see. All right, I'll do that. Uh, so anyway, this this ugliness provokes Jim in remembering his dream, which was he needed to dig all those. Holes for all these bodies that they have. See, I thought you were talking about me. This is very confusing having oh, right. a show, a character on the show named Jim. Right. Yeah, very uh, confusing. So, like my dream. Like, <laughs> I, I noticed that Shane was protecting the women and the children, yeah. which was kind of cool. He uh, had Lori and Carol behind him. And, and, and particularly Lori and, and yeah. uh, uh, Carl. Did you also notice that we saw a lot of new faces in this episode? Yeah, yeah. Particularly to kill them off. Like the only survivor of note that got bit was Amy. Everybody else yeah. was just like, who the hell is that guy? We saw this guy for the first time this episode. Here's some black dude is getting the ribs ate off of him. Yep. I mean, it's like, that was... Uh, Ed. Ed got eaten. Oh, true. That's right. He's, I mean, went, he's a huge asshole, but Ed, he's still a Amy, character. Amy, extra, 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 extra. <laughs> yeah, read all about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then the cavalry arrives mm-hmm. and uh, puts down all the zombies. Mm-hmm. I think Jim and Shane had it under control, honestly. I mean, there were like 40 zombies, but eh, they could have taken them. Do you really think so? No. Okay, I think they needed the guns. Yeah, yeah. So they come to the rescue and put down all the zombies. And then we see Amy Amy dying while Andrea's crying. Uh, and apparently Jim dreamed all this. Nah! <laughs> I mean, that's that was her womanly crying voice. Yeah, that was pretty horrible. The thing is, it is it... It took away the sadness to me, the fact that these... I didn't really care much about these characters. And I was so annoyed from the cold open with them in the boat that I I just... I don't know. Yeah. 
Uh, there was kind of a theme running through this with fathers, though. If you think back to that first, how uh, that first scene, and then Dale with his dad and the watch. And I'm wondering what they were um, trying to do Jim with that. Jim didn't protect his. Jim didn't protect his. Uh, no, that was his wife family. and his kid. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But he's a father, so it's like mm. you've got these, le- you know, fathers and their legacies. Is that what you're? What no, no, no. I, I was just questioning if that was kind of if they were doing anything with that or it was just a coincidence. I know, and I was going with that. I was like saying, is like, is that what they're going for? I don't know. No idea. So I don't see any connection. It's not a bad hypothesis. Sure. Anyway. And that's it. That's the end of the episode. And all the grandfathers and grandmothers at the uh, tons of them. nursing home, the yeah. Vatos nursing home. Yeah. Vatos Valley. Yep. All right. <laughs> that's all I got to say about this episode. Me too. So you want to do uh, an outro and then maybe we'll go into some spoilers after the music? If you would like to keep up with what Jim and I are doing um, over at the Bald Move Empire, you can go to uh, see all of our podcasts, all of our articles at baldmove.com. Um, you can also send us feedback at watching dead at baldmove.com. Uh, our Facebook fan site is located at facebook.com slash baldmove. And you can tweet at Jim at Twitter at baldmove. So if you want to share links or, you know, like us to keep track of when our podcast drop, uh, support us two main ways. Uh, first by leaving us five star reviews on iTunes and subscribing because those things boost our iTunes traffic and, uh, get more people exposed to our show. And we appreciate that. And you also contribute to us materially by using our Amazon affiliate link at amazon.baldmove.com. Again, it's not like they're charging you 5% more for doing that. <laughs> you get the same great shipping prices, same great Amazon prices, same great deals of the day. Just we get a few pennies thrown our way each time we refer someone to that site. So, again, amazon.baldmove.com, we'd appreciate it. Definitely, and that is it for uh, the non-spoiler section. Stick with us through the music if you want to hear the rest. And until next time, I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. We're back with the spoiler section. Uh, do you have any spoilers to talk spoiler about this Spoiler section where we let our hair down. Yeah, yeah. We just seem not, to get pretty loose here. It's not quite so uptight and start shirt as our <laughs> main review. Uh, so I thought, as I was taking notes in this episode, Jim, mm. that there was a lot of foreshadowing character traits. And some mm. of it that we've seen paid off, which makes me think that some of the other stuff we will see pay off. For example. Yeah. Um, we haven't seen Merle yet. Mm-hmm. In fact, let's let's start there. Uh, do you think Merle took the truck? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Why did Merle not go back to the camp to, you know, fuck shit up? I don't know. That does not make any sense to me because he certainly knew the camp was there. He could have gone back and just said, "Well, because I guess, you know, it'd be him against a whole group and they have weapons." I, I think it seems like he could think up of a story about, you know, why he was the only one to return. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe he just didn't see. I mean, I, I just well, thought- I, I mean, he's got to assume that since they're not in that shop anymore, that they've gone back to camp, right? I would think, yeah. and certainly they've told the group why Merle wasn't back, right? And what happened with him. So maybe he figured that they spun the story in their favor 
and that he was going to be the bad guy if he went back to camp. Well, I think he would assume he's a bad guy anyway. But when he, I mean, what, what do you think his mental process was when he came across their truck? Like, oh, they came back for me, or oh, these maybe mm. maybe he thought they never made it out and they got ate by zombies, and this truck out in the outskirts of town is the proof. Ah, uh, maybe. I don't know. Or wait a second, he doesn't know anything about that box truck. Because they stole that after they left him on the roof. That box truck is, is new to the camp. That's right. Yeah. So he just took some random truck, but why would he walk all the way out there to take a random truck? Maybe that's just the way, the best way out of the city. It seems like that's the way the group mm-hmm. got in and out. He'd be the most familiar with it. So then he's like, oh, he sees this truck and I was like, oh, free truck. So maybe he was going to walk back to camp like they did? I don't know that he was in, I just see, if he wanted to get back to camp, he would have gone to camp. Yeah. Why did he not go back to camp? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I don't know. Uh, we don't know yet. We're well, two and a, we're a season and a half in. One thing that kind of shades sh- shadows it is uh, uh, Daryl says nobody can kill Merle but Merle. Mm-hmm. Do you think that will be significant? Like, do you think he's going to come back? I mean, a lot of people have speculated that he's going to come back as like this governor role, which I know you haven't gotten that far in the comics. But, yeah. You okay. know where where I wonder if. That will be foreshadowing is that these he, he has pretty much the group beaten and enslaved and somehow his own ignorance or drug use or paranoia will do himself in. Yeah. Do you think that do you think that's foreshadowing and thought that far ahead or am I reading too much into this? Uh, I think it'd be pretty cool if they did that. I mean, I'd certainly like to see him come back as the governor. Right. But uh, I also thought like when, you know, a uh, Jim accuses Shane uh, after he takes a shovel, like this is just what you do to people. Mm-hmm. Anyone that gets in your way, you, you you basically beat up and destroy. That is an accurate depiction of Shane. Yeah, like who the man. Like so, apparently he does it to Otis. He does it to uh, Ed. Uh, I mean, Ed wasn't even in his way. Ed was just a victim of his rage. Right. And then you know Dale gets taken to me. I mean, no reason Dale's still breathing mm-hmm. at the end of season two point is that Shane didn't have to kill him. Yeah. He didn't. He stepped out of the way. Yeah, is what he did. Which I, I really think that he's going to kill someone in the group before the end of season two point five. Possibly, that would be pretty dramatic. Uh, the other spoiler that I had is we said earlier that only uh, Ed and Amy get bit here. Obviously, we know that's not true. Right. Jim is bit as well, but they don't make mention of it this episode. I so. kind of thought in retrospect that they kind of they definitely showed him kind of grabbing at his stomach yeah and you know i kind of got the impression the second time through that maybe we are supposed to at least see evidence that he got bit in this Hmm. scene yeah i didn't notice that either time that i watched it first time or second time through so right uh yeah he's definitely bit (laughs) uh that's really all i think i've got for spoilers um Unless you've got anything else. Did you think when they ended this that they were going to do what they eventually do with uh, Amy coming back from the dead? Uh, A spoiler in the next episode, Lori basically waits for her to wake back up. Yeah. uh, Uh, So she can say some things to her and it's ridiculous. I I could not have thought of that because I thought it was so dumb of her to do that. Right. Like I, I understand why she did it. Yeah, sure. And why the writers made her do it. But. I wouldn't have thought of that because it was just um, right. It's just you don't do that if you want to live. It's like it's, but I will have to say that the scene is incredibly tense. Oh yeah, yeah, and and I it's kind of cool to see someone come back from the dead. We might never see mm-hmm. that again in the whole uh, series. 
Yeah, that that very close personal uh, view of someone who we should care about. Of course, we didn't at the time. Mm-hmm. Now, I I am a little more appreciative of the relationship because we've gotten to know Lori so much more. Mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry, not Lori. Um, Andrea so much more. Really? Yeah, yeah. We're uh, I'm, but I hate a little Andrea. bit what more I, sympathetic I, to her. What I know of Andrea makes me hate her. Yeah, but all of this is her journey to becoming a badass, like getting detached from it all, um, and just turning into what she needs to turn into in this world. And she's doing that under Shane's guidance now. Yeah, she's going on, undergoing a transformation. All right, <laughs> whether she survives with human DNA is another question. Yeah, I'd Oof. like to take this picture and Photoshop it green. Because it looked like she's just hulking out. Yeah, yeah, her clothes ripping off and muscles bulging, face facial tendon snapping. I don't see how that's the same woman. Jesus, look at that! <laughs> All right, this is terrible podcasting. Our listeners can't see this, so we are done. Yeah, that's about it. That's it. Uh, join us next week. We'll be back with episode five. Yep. See you then.